With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hello, welcome to the Five Year Plan podcast. Hey. 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 Oh, he's back. Hey. Uh, James hey. Endicott is back on the pod. Hello. James Endicott. I uh, will. <laughs> I will, I will, I will. Uh, pod. Is that the ABBA song they didn't release? Yes, yes, yes. How long have you been away? Four weeks, four weeks, four weeks. I don't know. I just get on with it, man. Feels I'm trying to. Like, feels right. like forever. Um, pod two twenty one. Ooh, Ooh. a long time oh. then. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsored by Vector Printing for your printing embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk and that's Vector with a K. And well, you've done it already, but anyway, JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-ice.com. Okay, I will. I will. I will. I will. I will. See, I, I deliberately made nothing of it because I'd already done it. But even because it's uh, just because it's him doing it, I reckon even now people are flocking to the site now. Yeah. <laughs> they are. Yeah. Everybody yeah. else doing it hasn't got the JCIS, same traction. But I now. will. Yeah, I'm there. Um, <laughs> Palace played Liverpool the weekend. Yeah, which mm. I, we will get on to. Mm. Okay. Bigger no- news has broken t- today, the day of the pod. Mm-hmm. In fact, actually, before we talk about it, I will introduce. Yeah, I'll uh, yeah. Got yeah. It. that would be nice wanted... to introduce a stranger you in the corner. Threw me, you threw me off what? with your. Shenanigans. No, let's do it jazz style. Don't introduce them until the end. No, that, that's not fair on anyone. Okay. All right, I won't introduce you until the end. All right. James Endicott. Do, <laughs> it, done already. do it in somebody else's house then. Kevin Day. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, Jesse Boyce. Hey. Hello. Hello. Love Jesse. I'm good. I'm back. Second appearance on the pod? Third. Third. Number three. Third, mate. Wow. Yeah. Racking them up. To try and sound like you care. <laughs> I don't, of course I care. <laughs> I'm just not very good at numbers. Yeah. Just don't. Just taking drink orders. Um, well in that case, let's go to Jesse first then b- to talk about today's big news, uh, which is um, Dougie Friedman has returned to Palace as a sporting director. <laughs> okay, Kevin is not happy. Um, what? What? Did this has come completely out of the blue, Jesse? Hasn't it? None of us had any inclination it was happening. W- what are your thoughts? Well, it definitely feels spontaneous. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I just woke up this morning. Somebody's just made a decision. It feels to me like. The board's running out of time to sign players. Probably need a hand. Parish getting pulled in a few directions, I imagine. Yeah. At the same time, De Burr's statement said that he thought 
Um, it's only natural to have a sporting director. Ajax, he's always worked with one. Um, and maybe he's getting fed up with being interrupted to trying to teach the team how to play the formation that he's wanting to play. So it feels like he's obviously there to help just pick up some of the slack. How do you feel about having the Duga back? Well, it's a difficult one for me. <laughs> Diff- difficult one for everyone, I think. Yeah, well, you know. It's all right. Don't feel that because you accepted my hospitality and yeah. I've made you tea that you have to be... You know, you can't be scared of... You didn't make him tea. You made him... Yeah. I made him Wa- special water. But water uh, with blueberries in. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the it, worst cocktail ever. Initially, it felt weird. And is it a wind-up? And then I think one of you guys, I think probably Carl put out the Stockport clip. Oh, I thought you were talking about the drink. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was a wind-up. I think the, the Stockport <laughs> Stockport clip came out today and that immediately changes your, your kind of rose-tinted glasses view of it all. But I don't know. It's just... It, <sighs> It's hard not to think he's just there in the background until it all goes wrong, and then we'll see Dougie in the dugout, right? I mean, <laughs> it's happened before. I mean, yeah. that's a cynical, cynical view. <laughs> What's your view? I, I share that and more. It's, just, <laughs> it's, it's quite clear. I mean, my initial reaction, because when I first saw the news coming in, I thought, well, it's pa- that's panicking early, getting rid of the ball already for Dougie Freeman. And it's like, you know, you say Frank DeBoer's used to working with a sporting director, whatever that is. I don't know what a sporting director is, but as he worked with a sporting director who walked out of his club with no notice, f- purely for financial reasons, and then said that the club he was going to had better fans than the club he'd just left, and refused to make any sort of apology or explain why he was doing it. It's just, just uh, if we're giving jobs out, well, Terry Venables is probably out of a job at the moment. Alan Mullery's probably <laughs> looking for something to do. He'd probably work, work the Red and Blue Lounge, Alan Mullery. I can't, it's just, I don't mind the idea, of, I, well, I do mind the idea of a sporting director, because what's he going to do between now and the next transfer window? Apart from, say, to Steve Parrish, you know what, I'd look really good on that bench, wouldn't I? Sammy Lee would work really well with me. Because it, is, it does look like you've got... A, it sends out a message that, don't worry, we've got a ready-made replacement. Should we be back in the championship, which is a level that Doogie Freeman should be operating in, even though he's pretty much shit at that level anyway. But it's just, I don't know what a sporting director is. I don't, I, I don't know what a sporting director... And also, I don't know why you'd give the job of sporting director to somebody who did that. And it seems to me like, well, you're not getting Mamadou Sacco. So all you people who don't want Mamadou Sacco, I'm talking to you, Neil the Fish. Right? All these people are disappointed about Mamadou Sacco. Here's Doogie Freeman. Remember him? He's a legend. And Palace fans are going, we've got Doogie Freeman, but he's a legend. Right? It's brilliant. What's his sporting director? Don't know. Don't know what that is, but Doogie Freeman's about it. It's brilliant, isn't it? This is great. It's like, don't, don't most clubs have a sporting director? We, when we had, we, I don't care about most clubs. When will we had one? When have we had one at the level? Just because Frank was used to work with one. Was it, wasn't Ian Moody was our sporting director? Well, yeah, oh, yeah. When, uh, that that, uh, that went down really yeah, well, okay, didn't yeah, it? Right, yeah, if yeah, Frank yeah. DeBoer was used to working with a sporting director, get him one he's used to working with. Not Doogie yeah. Freeman. It was a so shit man. So will you, uh, you'll never forgive Freeman? No, I won't. And I don't see why I should. And I don't see, I don't see why we need a sporting director. And I just think it sends... Whoever, who got, whoever got the job of sporting director, to me, that looks like a negative message. And I think Jesse made a very good point, which I hadn't thought of, which maybe Frank the said, look, I need somebody to do some day-to-day admin, yeah. fetching the tea, mm. whatever. Fine, we'll call it that. <laughs> call, it, call it tea, boy. Frank the Boer's fed up going off the pitch to get the tea. He's going, I can't. There's only 24 of them. They all have different sugars. It's too complicated. But it's just, why bring it, you know, sport, and what's a sporting director? What's the director of football? And also, how many, much have we got left in the transfer window? Eight days? Ten days. Ten days? Ten days. Yeah. And are we supposed to believe that Doogie Freeman is going to spend the rest of that time well, we already have. The, crossing the continent looking for players? Because the, the, the answer to most people, Doogie Freeman's not phoning up into Milan saying you've got any spare players. Somebody in an Italian accent is going to say, who? 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 We Doogie did. Who? We, we yeah. did. And also, know, didn't you walk out 
did you walk out on the palace, huh? In broken Italian. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there are a lot, a lot of people in the last couple of years who have said, well, the, the spine of our team that got promoted, a lot of those were Freeman signings. Uh, Balassi, Jedinak, Damo. Ward, Damo. They were Freeman signings. Yeah, yeah. Go run through those again. You mean all those? Well, oh, no, no, they're, they're, they're good for the team now, but I'm saying they, they, they are part of the team that. Yeah, so what's the logic then? So, no, the, so those championship. I'm, I'm offering you a championship players. So the same, the same people who tweet in week out, week in week out, saying we've got to get rid of the championship players. Oh yeah, I forgot. Doogie brought them in. So let's, you know, because you might as well, you might as well say, well, I'll tell you what. Here's the answer to this question with the championship players. Let's go back to the championship. They'll be good there. I'm not. I'm just offering you an alternative to what some fans are saying. But they're not. Those people are not. Jedinak's not there. Balassi's not there. So what? You you suggesting that Freeman's coming back is a great idea, so we can keep an eye on a 36 year old centre back who, God forbid, is never going to play. No, for Palace my point again. is he might have. That he might. They might have brought him in because they think he has an eye for a transfer. He might have a track record of, of attracting some good players at that time. I'm not saying that he will now. Yeah, yeah. But the, he might. Have yeah, because that's exactly record. what we need. Players like Damien Delaney. <laughs> I'm not saying well, let's. Whoever like that. get him in the sporting director then. He is making, but if he's made good signings, in the Kev past, made, he's made good signings in the past. But when we were in the championship, yeah, mm. and so we what, are look, when we were looking listen, for the championship, listen, we are not in the championship now. Doogie's not proved himself in the Premiership, has he? I don't think so. I don't really think he's really proved himself in the championship. Thank you. Not at all. My point is, is that I've been reading social media today. The legends bat, the legends bat, and people posting pictures of themselves hugging Doogie Freeman when they were 10 years old and looking at with their thumbs up. And yes, he did save us on a couple of occasions. Yes, he was an exciting player to watch. Yes, he was, a, you know, he was great when he was there. He was a player. When he came as a manager, he wasn't very good. He wasn't very good at Bolton. He wasn't very good at Forest. He's not proved himself as a manager. And also, I thought he might come in as a, this thing, this sporting director. Sports. So what are the sports we're talking about? We're talking about <laughs> tennis? What are we talking cricket? What are we talking about? Sporting? Okay. What we? Do, I don't know. There's a darts board in the Porsons. It, it doesn't. <laughs> to me, it. To me, it's. I'm not quite as negative as Kev is, for, but for me, it's a very frustrating appointment because to me, it's not a forward step. It's just. It's, 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 it's like a total sideways step. It's not. It's. It's not progressing anything in my eyes. You, you raise a good point about how it fits with the bird. It's because no one's. You probably didn't know his name till this week. Yeah. You've probably never heard of him. And obviously you need somebody to sort of bring to life his Deber's vision. Who, how's he going to know that instinct? He's going to have to learn where who he knows and how to target the players that he wants. Two things that Dougie did, which are often forgotten as well. He didn't thank the fans yeah. for for an age until he'd lost his job and was talking to another podcast. And then he took all our backroom staff. He yeah. took Lenny Lawrence. He took the coaching yeah. staff. He left yeah. us with nothing. Mm. So... I don't know. He just felt like he was a mercenary, and it's really hard for him to shake that tag, despite what he did on the pitch. Yeah, I, I've, all, all personal prejudice aside, even if if Doogie left us as a as a hero, if Doogie was a manager, you know, he's a hero as a player. Fine. If he left us as a hero as a manager, I would still be saying I don't understand why we need the sporting director. But if we do, surely we know somebody who knows European football inside out. Mm who knows African football inside out, who knows De Boer's methods inside out, who mm. knows the sort of players you should be targeting inside out, who's got some degree of influence in Europe, who's able to knock, which De Boer has. But it, if De Boer's struggling to get players from European clubs, I don't see how Doogie Freeman's going to make that any easier. I can see Doogie Freeman saying, I'll tell you what, I saw a bloke playing for Hamilton Academics last week. <laughs> he looks all right. I can see that happening. But his level of expertise isn't the level of player that we've 
we are told that we're looking also, for. And, and you, well, also the level of play we need. The le- actually, look, we actually, actually need that level of play if we're going to survive in this, in this so league. We, we need more players like Loftus-Cheek and Fossey Mensah. And I don't think that Friedman would have any influence getting players like that, let alone getting players from from abroad. You know, Ryderwald wouldn't have... Whoever our manager was, if Doogie Friedman was sporting director, they're not going to go, well, oh, I'll tell you what, if Doogie... Yeah, OK, we'll go, we'll go to Palace then. It's simply not going to happen. I don't, I don't get it. And it's not as though... <coughs> excuse me. If Doogie Freeman had been a pioneer of three four three even at Palace, and it hadn't worked, and De Boer had gone, you know that guy who played that way, but it just doesn't fit. And it, if it, I say, if it had been somebody, if they said, "Oh, we got this Dutch guy, De Boer loves him. We got this guy from Inter Milan that De Boer really likes. We're bringing him in." You go, "Fine, okay." But I, also, I'd love to know what else. I generally like to know what else a, a, a sporting director does well, around is, the club. This is the thing. What, we what are, we are all sitting here making assumptions that yeah, Freeman's well, going to do signings or whatever. But well, it is we part of the job. But we don't know. They've we said haven't been told, have we? We haven't yeah. been told what his job is. What's the said it so, won't help in the transfer windows. It's been reported in the Standard tonight in the interview. Steve Parrish said Frank De Boer needs help in getting players in, getting deals over the line. I don't. I simply don't get how Freeman's going to do that. And what well, else we've is already got do. a head of recruitment, Tim Coe, who was quoted. So you'd have thought that would be largely his role. So it, it feels like, from what you guys are saying, that this appointment is almost more of just like a... It's a nostalgic appointment for the sake of it. it no, it's, it, I think Jesse hit the nail on the head in his very first comments. It feels to me like you've got the next manager lined up, ready yeah. to, to slip in seamlessly if something goes wrong, or at the very least to slip in for five or six weeks while we wait for somebody like Allardyce or Sean Dyche, who it seems that Palace fans are only going to be happy with until we get a British manager who plays four four two. Basically, are we overlooking his strong relationship with Zaha? Because I remember when Zaha was at United uh, and was homesick. I think Dougie had him over for Christmas Day and was looking up. Had him under his wing. He's obviously look. He's sort of in some ways, you feel like is Zaha unhappy and needs Dougie there to put his arm around him. It's just like it just doesn't add up otherwise. Well, Where, where's he, it coming from? Unless you can put yeah. his arm around him and through magical healing powers make him fit for Saturday. And, then, and I, you know, your attempt at making me feel Grinchy. As I'm, I'm, I'm really sad to hear that because I love Christmas and I'm sad to hear that Doogie's good at Christmas and he's puts his arm. <laughs> and now I think I'm, I, I regret everything I've said now. <laughs> on the whole point. Knowing that he, he's great on Christmas Day, I just think I'm, if you're listening, Doogie, I apologise. Welcome to the club. Does good pigs, pigs and blankets. That's I yeah. then really simple. I, I, everything I said, I regret. It's just there's a heart. I mean, I don't know. I, it's not his relationship with Zahar that's important. It's his relationship with Parish that's important. And this. I'd be amazed if this wasn't Doogie Freeman going to Steve Parrish and saying, probably you might need a director of football. As I can't, I just can't see any scenario in a million years by which, I'm sure Frank De Boer might have said, I need somebody else in to do this. But it's but the 10 days before the window shutting that's significant. It's a very right? odd time. It, it, it is, yeah. yeah, I, I, yeah. Well, or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe they want Doogie to take training while De Boer does. I don't know. If but. Frank De Boer has worked with a direct, a sporting director before and wanted a sporting director, why didn't he come with one? Yeah, yeah. You know, no, I agree with why that. Why didn't he come with one all those weeks ago? Yeah. Does not make any sense? Because I mean, we're told that the recruitment process was four or five week process. So you guess that's the sort of thing that would be not yeah. a deal breaker, but part of the part of the re- yeah. process, part of the recruitment thing. Can I have a director of football? Maybe not. We can't afford one. So this just seems really, really strange to if me. If we'd appointed a uh, sporting director and it wasn't Dougie Freeman, would we all be feeling the same way? I don't think we'd be even having a conversation. We'd probably be saying, what What does a sporting why? director do and why do we need why one? Why have we appointed one? Yeah, it well. seems odd. But yeah, it, of course it makes a difference that it's Dougie Freeman. It's, it's, he's, a, he's a divisive... That's the other thing. It's it's like Pardew has become. He's a divisive figure at the club. It's as simple as that. Whatever Steve Parrish says, whatever those people 
say who are tweeting that he's a legend and I understand that people would have different opinions that's fine but that's he is a divisive figure in the club because for every Palace fan who tweets the legend is back there are Palace fans going why on earth have they done that yeah. because he yeah, walked out there'll be people listening to the podcast who agree said, with you and the same way the, yeah. well, we're, as we'll discover two minutes after it goes up on whatever it goes up on there will be people who don't agree with me and that's fine that's, that's part that's, of the, that's, but that's part that's, of the, that's part of the process but he, he is a very divisive figure it's, it's, he just is yeah. it, it, he is So and Steve Parrish must know that and he you know, for Steve Parrish to deliver it like this was the piece of news that all Palace fans have been waiting for, this is the missing part of the jigsaw. It's it's doesn't it just it doesn't make sense. Well, does it does it feel a bit deflective? Because we it's haven't made the signings we think we're going to get. It does, yeah. and, it's, and it's exactly what Jess said. It's got the air of nostalgia, or you said it. It's got the air of nostalgia yeah. about it. It's all these. The, Every football fan loves their club and loves the history of their club and loves everything about it and where it's from, what it stands for. And when you get somebody from the past who has helped us through terrible times, we must, we let's not forget the goal against Stockport, blah, blah, blah. Let's yeah, not yeah. forget those great moments. You can't, you can't forget those. We can't not. walk in and do you Wonderland. Of course, we've all sung that on the terraces. But it doesn't, it seems, it doesn't seem right to me. There's it's, something not right about this appointment. It's an uphill battle for Doogie too because what, because his yeah. what contribution can he make that the fans will see? Like, how's he going to win us over? <laughs> What's he going to do that we're going to know about? That's, that's, true. <laughs> yeah, that's, true, yeah. well, that's also a really good point because I, I think what JD said, combined with what you said, it's that deflecting thing. It's almost like he's been brought in to take the blame if things go badly. Mm. So De Boer can say, look, Doogie just couldn't get that deal done or he wanted that deal done. Mm. So uh, and it's going to be interesting to see if, is he is he going to be on the bench is he going to be too busy to, uh, getting players to come in what is he going to be doing between transfer windows is the big question as again what does the sporting director do mm. is he involved in changing the infrastructure of the club is he involved in making us play the same type of football at every level we play at do you think it would be useful if Friedman or someone from the club came out and said so this is what Dougie's going to do this is what his job is yeah because we're, yeah. we're all sort of speculating. Yeah. So we're someone of, says, course, of course we're speculating. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and we're not in that and, world. And I really hope we're sat here in five or six months' time. We're all holding hands up, going, "We were wrong. He's he's changed the club." But let's be honest. But he, well, the thing is, again, as as Jesse said, he probably won't get. <coughs> how do you quantify yeah. what he's done for the club? You, yeah, what, you, there's nothing he can do to change the club unless he manage, manages to get Messi in because he's got a relationship with Messi but it's but the thing is as well we know from the past that Doogie Freeman even when he was manager and when, even when he was happy not that it was easier to tell but he's not a good communicator full stop he was never a great communicator he was never one for for telling fans what was going on that he didn't was, enjoy that part of the job no he didn't no. he really didn't it, and it's he, he wasn't which is fair natural. enough that's, that's yeah he wasn't that's natural that's he didn't, he didn't, right. he didn't we're not knocking that no but. he didn't enjoy player of the year things and stuff like that he didn't enjoy having to make small talk to fans he didn't no. enjoy having to tell people what his plans were and why he'd done stuff. But again, you'd imagine that a sporting director's part of communicating would be part of his job. Maybe. Well, then sure again, this comes know. back to, it'd be nice if he just said, look, this is what he's going to do. This yeah. is what he's going to do outside the transfer window. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah, just, yeah. To, to make us also, feel a bit this like, is why okay, we there's him. a reason. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. Again, it comes back to, as as sporting director of a Premier League club, your target audience is global and yeah. people who, who probably might recognise your name. All his heritage with us is pre-Premier League. It's mm. not visible mm. to... It's not even comparable to our visibility and our profile today. So who's going to know? I don't know how far it's going to going to help us. I don't really get it. Well, it's also one of those terms that British football fans are instantly suspicious of. It's like yeah. most continental yeah. clubs yeah. have got a director yeah. of football, but you know, Pulis and Allardyce for them it's a deal breaker. It's like I'm not having a director of football. I'm I am the director of football. It's like Wenger. I, you know, Pulis and Allardyce made it clear from the start they wanted to run every single aspect of the club, transfers down to training, down to 
how many sugars in the tea and how many how sweet the ketchup all that all those details but it is a it's, so but to us again it, it naturally you you get suspicious because you go well, why it's another of those fancy continental things i know we've got a fancy continental manager but Surely he would bring in a fancy continental <coughs> sporting director, and it's for me. It's, it's just the fact that it is it is Dougie Friedman. That I think if we had brought in a sporting director who was a, some Dutch guy or something, yeah, I'd be saying, okay, cool. This yeah, is the way we're heading now. Yeah, Great, yeah, yeah, because sure. it's Dougie. It's like oh, it brings up, like Jesse says, those memories of pre-Premier League. It brings up the hurt that he caused us from yeah. he left. Unfortunately, it it brings us all back to moments in our Palace careers that we that aren't. That aren't that great. It's very well put. <laughs> it's very oh, well which put. is why it's tinged yeah. the whole thing with yeah, a little it's, bit of it's just yeah, yeah, no, it's just when it could be an appointment that maybe does make sense. Yeah. You know. It reminds me very similar to when we appointed Alan Pardew as yeah. manager. It's a very similar thing. A lot of people going, Great, a great yeah. the the guy who put the ball in the scouser's net. Yeah. Brilliant, he's back. And there's a lot of us who are just going, He wasn't that good. Yeah. Yeah. He scored a goal against Liverpool and he sort of kept falling over quite yeah. a lot in the middle of the pot and he had nice blonde hair. <laughs> yeah. That's about it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And we've, Burks, we've Burks said on this pod so many times, it'd be so nice if we moved away from the here's the next player coming back in again. But we keep doing it. We're we do talking well. AJ, Richard Shaw, Solarco, Pardew, Paddy, Dougie, all been given jobs in the last three or four well, even years. Be, even before that, Steve Kemba, there's always, I don't know if Palace fans are no, I imagine not. it's the same in a lot of clubs. Yeah, I mean, like, let's yeah, be honest. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's be, not yeah. just a palace yeah, I don't, problem. I don't, I don't, I or whatever. Say, I, it I, happens I, everywhere. Let's yeah. be honest. I don't know if we're more nostalgic than than other clubs in particular. I don't think we are. I don't think I think every football club has that, and every football club has their ambassadors or whatever yeah. of all players. But you know, an ambassador is different to a director of football. Yeah, very well. Or is it? Who knows? But maybe that's maybe who knows what the role is. Maybe that's his role to hang around the sub boardroom and go it sounds like a more it's a more it is a more hands-on role it sounds like well it sounds to me like you're running the club (laughs) that's what it's not just more hands-on roles but if you you are the sporting director of crystal palace football club and sporting director sounds like the thing you'd have at barcelona because they've got basketball clubs and and volleyball and all that sporting director indicates that apart from the manager who's in charge of team managers the sporting director to me, indicates that he's in charge of every aspect of, of running the club. And that's but maybe he will be. Maybe but it, it doesn't sound like it from the press conference that maybe he will be someone that helps with Palace ladies and helps Palace ladies become more and part of the first. I, didn't, you know what I mean, I, I'm just speculating. But well, that'd be lovely. But still, it's still too. Why would yeah. why would you get him to do that job? Yeah. Why would you not get somebody who's got experience running, you know, helping? Because as far uh, as we know, he's never had a director of football job before. He's just been a manager, I think. I, and a coach. I stopped. I didn't follow anything he did after he left Palace. Why would I? No, except, I in, except in the hope that something had gone really badly wrong at any <laughs> club he was at, basically. I would check Bolton and Forest results and then be disappointed if they hadn't lost. But, you know. Okay. I, but I doubt very much if he's got a sporting no, director. Thing. I don't. It, again, I, I, it'd be interesting to hear how many English or Scottish or Welsh sporting directors or football directors mm. there have been. Because in my head, every club that's had one, it's always been... Mm. It's like Kamali at Tottenham has always been somebody from the continent who's used to doing that role because yeah. whatever that role it's is. because it's just <laughs> yeah. alien to British football. It's not we haven't got anyone who's been brought up as well, as far as I know, it's a role that frees the manager up to do manager only stuff. So more it coaching. takes away yeah, be on the training ground more and do that that kind of thing. That leaves a huge remit then. I mean that well, yeah, leaves a huge I mean yeah. and I've got nothing against you know, if the ball said Look, I really need to concentrate with with trying to adapt to this new system Absolutely, that's great. That's fine, but that means somebody else is running the rest of the club. 
And that's a big ask to get somebody who's not popular with half the fans. Just before we wind this up, because I think we should do soon. Because, but what I do want to say is, it's, it's again, it's that lack of communication that we yeah. often get with the club, where we don't really know. This has just happened out of the blue. Yeah. Nobody's come out and said why or whatever. And Parrish knows this club inside out. He's yeah. been a fan of this club for yeah. all his life. He knows what we're like as fans. He, he actually knows us. He knows what we're all like. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And I just think it's, again, and there's so many times where it's just like, why hasn't this happened? Why hasn't that happened? You know, when we were looking for a new manager, we didn't know what was going on. Yeah. It's that, these, we as a Crystal Palace fans need to know what's going mm. on. We need communication and we don't get it all the time. And this is highlighted that problem once again, which is why the four of us are sat around here pulling our hair See, out. See, that's the other thing that ups- yeah. annoys yeah. me about this is as you say, Steve Parrish knows us. Yeah. He's aware of our work. It quite plainly indicates that he's not scared of us. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's infuriating. It quite plainly indicates that at no stage in this process did he think this ain't going to play well on FYP. Mm. He's just gone ahead and done it. Yeah. And that's because uh, he's, he's gone ahead, he's gone on HOL, and they've gone, Yeah, you do it, boss, you do it. And he's gone, Whoa, FYP, a bit. No, I'm going to do it. HOL are really pleased. Maybe we could ask him. Maybe we could ask yeah. him to come on and maybe explain. But yeah. does it come back to the point you made was that if. If Frank's so keen to say, oh, I'm all, I've always worked with sporting directors, why didn't he, he kind of then put, put that blueprint on from the beginning? Yeah, right, I've been, exactly. been appointed the week, few days before pre-season training starts. We've only got four friendlies lined up. Yeah. Trying to play a new system, yeah. I could do with some help. Why didn't he see that coming? And why is it happening 10 days before this, the window shuts? Because we've got a lot to do. Because to me, the tone of De Boer's answers wasn't great, brilliant, we've got a sporting director. It was, yeah, yeah, I'm not fussed. I've had sporting directors before. It wasn't like yeah. this is a brilliant, positive mood. It was kind of like, oh, okay, right, fine. Yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd like to see Frank DeBoer and um, Dougie Freeman have a conversation. That's going to be effervescent, isn't it? That, well, oh, my goodness. Hey, that's well, going to get them jumping in the aisles, that conversation. Well, double hey, uh, 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 Yeah, see you later. Then, Do you then, know what I mean? Unbelievable. Then the other one will speak. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I tell you what. Right, that's been a really good debate, and and I'm glad we there will be people listening who feel the same way, and we'll we'll want to hear about it as well. So. Yeah, and also I think we should say to those people who don't feel the same way, that's fine. And there are younger Palace fans and us, and older Palace fans of us who haven't got the same axe to grind. But it's like just all I'm saying is moderate your language in the tweets. <laughs> <laughs> I think, but I think you can't underestimate the fact that this is hot off the press on yeah. a day when we're expecting to, when someone says, "Oh, there's a new signing at Palace," you're expecting a player. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's that's a good point. it's it's pretty visceral the way that you know yeah, it's gone down yeah. yeah okay well in that case let's take a quick break and when we come back we will talk about the Liverpool game at the weekend um, so join us in a bit welcome back to the five year plan podcast sponsored Amazing. by Sponsored by... Was that your Dougie Friedman impression? Aye. Oh, yeah. um, spon- <laughs> sponsored by Vector Printing. For your printing embroidery needs, go to vector.co.uk. It's Vector with okay. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy. Looking forward to this one. Uh, from South London. Uh, visit jc-is.com. I will there, big man. Hey, do right, I will, right? See you, by the way. I'll do that. Hey, I will. What part of Glasgow is that accent from? Oh, I like the bit where nobody likes me. That bit. <laughs> See you later. I'm just going to go and direct a better spot. I'll see you later. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just just um, for the Sherlock Holmes fans in the audience, can you call this, this part of the pod 221B? Yeah. Good. 
That's where he lived in Bakersfield. Okay, good. Uh, Thank you for explaining that. Shouldn't um, have to explain that. Is that, really, is that our new formation? You, really <laughs> <laughs> you can come again, Jesse. I like you. Okay. Um, yeah, it's better than Streety. Uh, that's not, not hard. Palace play Liverpool at the weekend. Lost 1-0. Um, it was, though, a much improved performance. I mean, it couldn't be much worse than the week before. <laughs> but it was, there was definitely signs that Palace were sort of heading in, in the right direction, wasn't there? I've only, I was up in Edinburgh, so I've only seen brief highlights. But oddly enough, I did an interview for a Liverpool podcast this evening uh, who are all at the game and all said that they thought Palace actually were as good, if not better, than the three games in which we beat them. Mm-hmm. And they thought we looked a really half-decent football team and just didn't create that many chances, but defensively looked looked solid and looked really comfortable on the ball. So I think it is it is encouraging. I think I know we, we talked last week out completely, but I think I keep, with hindsight, keep remembering bits of that game and suddenly go actually that wasn't that wasn't that well, bad go- and, the Huddersfield goalkeeper yeah. got man of the match in that game yeah he did and we could have scored seven goals so it's like I, and of course it was an improvement and it's like oh, you know, again that, there's that rump of Pardew fans isn't there who were tweeting before the game I know, don't think there's that many oh yes well, they were <laughs> like, tweeting we're going to lose 5-0 let's get Pardew back he scored against Liverpool there's still that there was a lot of negativity about before this game and then yeah. the news about Ryder well was out with growing pains, which is a really interesting injury. <laughs> which is Frank DeVore's officially uh, ad- said what that's what he was missing. That's, that's amazing. Out. He's out with growing Did pains. Did you really? Yeah. I missed that. He's I out with growing pains. Injury. He's going to miss the uh, Ipswich game through growing pains, but the growing pains will have stopped enough for the game on. Oh, that's good. So, so, so it's again, because again, that's another thing with Palace. It's like, why didn't you say that before the game? Because I was up in Edinburgh with Ed. We were in the middle of this courtyard where all the venues are, and a team comes through, and you go, what the, where's... Hmm. That's yeah. even bizarrer than last week's team. Where's Riderwell? And it's like, because he didn't say before, I know Yara's got an injury, he's not playing. Because immediately you go, well, he's dropped him he already dropped, after yeah, one yeah. game. And that's yeah. really odd. And then you see he's playing off his cheek. But from what I can gather from people who were there, it was a, it was a more encouraging performance. But ironically, so, though, James, with no Riderwell and with Tompkins in the back three, and Tompkins yeah. being someone that's, that's played in Defensive Palace already and played in the Premier League, we looked... Way more solid, didn't we? I know. We yeah, looked absolutely. like a proper team defending. Yeah, definitely. You know, but you know, I think a lot, a lot of it's down to the the shocking performance the week before. You know, I think that was a real kick in the teeth for the whole team. Not you know just the way they played. And I think you know as as a group of individuals, whoever's directing you, whoever's managing you, whatever's going on, then you're there and you 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 are going to pull together. You're yeah. going to pull together. Yeah. And I think that's what they did. That's a good point. You've got to remember these are. These are good players. They are good players. And yes, they are adapting to a system, but they're not that stupid, let's be honest. Mm. And I think what's happened is they've just pulled together as a group. And what it showed me more than anything else is that this team has got a bit of soul about them, a bit of heart about them. Yeah. And I think that's really, really encouraging. It wasn't the fact we lost 1-0 and we played a little bit better than we did the week before. It's the fact that, that I think those 11 players on the pitch and whoever, the subs, whatever it was, I think they definitely, mm. I think there definitely was something there. There's some team camaraderie there. Definitely. That's, that, that's well, what I found positive. Well, and I think that's the point because you, after that Huddersfield game, Jesse, you, the, the bare minimum you wanted was a response from Palace, even mm. if it wasn't a good yeah. performance. You, you, you had to have that. If we hadn't had that for the second week in a row, we'd have been in serious problems. Yeah, I mean, I was worried that we were going to get tonked if he'd gone out there with the same sort of blasé, um, smart cash, but kind of uh, <laughs> touch, touchline <laughs> get up that he had but no he went out in his business suit this time he looked like he meant business, he made business yeah. it, I mean I know it's, that's slightly uh, sort of by the by but it was symbolic no, but, no, but, it's, but it's not it though. was symbolic it's, no, a little I bit I think symbolic of the, the whole performance I think you're yeah. right Jess I think, it just, I think it was symbolic of him having his fingers burnt a little bit on the first day of the season and him having to exercise that caution that we needed 
And um, there was a few nice things that I hadn't seen for a while. Things like Loftus-Cheek putting punch through into the box and punch shooting in the area. I was like, when was the last <laughs> yeah, time yeah, I've yeah. seen... When was the yeah. last time you remember seeing that? Yeah. You know, I, I remember yeah. in Pardew's first game when punch scored like instinctive, instinctive snapshot into the yeah, corner. Yeah, Tottenham. Yeah. It was like, that was the last time I remember punch actually threatening yeah. the goal from inside the box, like running onto a through ball. Mm. So that was an encouraging little sign. Um, but I just think it was... He, thankfully he didn't go in there with, with blinkers on he felt he felt like he was wily to the threat of Liverpool and Rude Hullet on match the day two counted that we'd put 31 long balls up to Venteke uh, wow. and said look he's gone in there thinking right I need to get points on the board here and then we'll start to put my kind of plan into progress well that's so, I mean that's what you look for you look for somebody to go hang on well this that didn't quite work as we thought so let's change it and that's uh, what annoyed me a little bit last week was this assumption from Palace fans that he wouldn't be able to do that that he would simply in some strange continental way just keep playing 3-4-3 three, three, whatever that means and just keep mm. playing that until mm. he got his payoff and he went back and we all said that it's like no one gave him any credit to be able to sort of analyse it and look at it and go okay we need to do it and Tompkins I, I didn't think from what I'd heard at the club I didn't think he would he wanted Tompkins because he's lack of pace but Tompkins is a decent Premier League yeah, he played well. defender and played well and knows what he's doing in that position. He's an intelligent football. Again, Dan, he likes Dan, but you kind of you you kind of guess that he wouldn't have been when he first took the job. They wouldn't be the three starting centre backs yeah. in the first away game. Mm. But like you said, players adapted to it. Interestingly, the subject of Hennessy came up on his Liverpool podcast, and they kind of went, "Well, we don't see what the problem is because he looked like a." useful goalkeeper so and it looks like Hennessy's going to be his number one keeper and Hennessy looks like he's adapted a little bit more to the way he had a good game. expected he had a good game yeah. so it, all in all it was encouraging and not you know in the last three years if we'd lost one nil at Anfield you wouldn't be you'd be going that's oh, that's okay fair enough yeah, that's yeah, the sort yeah. of thing that happens at well, Anfield you lose one yeah, nil and you look as well because we talked about and Travis was really interested in how the fact that Huddersfield David well, my Fox, son was your son Travis wow. yeah he was yeah because <laughs> yeah, he told us some stories about you at Glastonbury and like, <laughs> <laughs> But, cause, but he said, because like, you know, Huddersfield are like a mini Liverpool, because David Wagner's a big uh, associate of Klopp's, they've learned yes, together, yeah. and he expected us to st- struggle with that close pressing system. But but um, but we adapted to it much better. And you, but you look at the quality, even without Coutinho, you look at the quality that Liverpool have got up front, and the pace they've got, their speed of movement. It was obviously very encouraging. In fact, sadly, we didn't get, because the back four is suspect, and we didn't get enough dead no. ball situation to take advantage of that. But... That's Wilf not a bad well, Wilf, I think maybe Wilf might have made yeah. a little bit different. Yeah, but in a way, do you know what? If you're trying to find positives out of that sort of situation, it means we have to find different ways to, to play without Wilf. We yeah, need to adapt yeah. to life yeah, without Wilf. We enough. need to see... It's a chance to see who the people are that might replace him. Is Lakilo good enough? You know, is Loftus-Cheek good enough to play up front? Is that his natural role? And I kind of think if we get a positive result against Swansea, which, please God, we will, people might suddenly go, actually, this does, isn't looking... Mm. You know, that yeah. first result's an anomaly... Mm. This isn't looking too bad a, se- a season after all. I mean, that's that's going to be an important thing. But what's going to be really important is how the atmosphere is at the start of the game on Saturday. I think I think it'll know. be positive because I, I think hope Palace so. fans yeah. will have seen that Frank de Boer is has learnt from that game yeah. and is trying to implement that because it it was a three four three, but in a way, Loftus Cheek was almost playing in a middle three, in so the, he'd it, almost it, gone it, to pat the midfield. It, it, yeah, yeah. So he'd learnt from that Huddersfield game yeah. as how to kind of break down teams like Liverpool and actually. 
Aside from the goal, which, by the way, Luca gave to Mane, to, we gave them the goal. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't have any that I can think of clear-cut chances. They had yeah. a couple after the goal where yeah. Hennessy made some good saves. Yeah. But we restricted them to stuff from, from distance. Yeah. So we were actually very disciplined. And it was exactly the sort of performance that we, we saw at the end of last season under, under Allardyce and previously under Pulis. So yeah. we learned quickly. I would hope against Swansea as well. I, I'm guessing that you know, Doogie would have brought in three or four top quality Spanish players. But <laughs> that'll give everyone a lift. Yeah. But also Swansea aren't a team that are known for their high pressing. Swansea, you know, Clements is sort of manager similar to De Boer in, in sort of he wants to keep the ball, rotate the ball. So I don't think it'll be as physical a battle as perhaps Huddersfield was. So I think in a, in a, it's almost not bad opponents for us to play in. in and I th- I've, God, I've just got a feeling we will get a positive result. I just I hope so. Can I yeah. can I um, chuck some questions in then? Of course, it is yeah, part yeah. two, of course. Okay. Um, it's a regular part of the show, isn't it, Kevin? Um, let's. I've got quite a lot. Uh, this one's from Sun A. Hi, Sun. Hi, Hi Sun A. What, um, uh, well, who, who, James Endicott's Sun, Sun A. Sun A. So his oldest son. Or? So Travis. Hi, Sun um, A. Sun A normally sends us the big list of the questions. Of course, but of course. I only just one today. Um, he's, but been, it, he's been very restrained this season, hasn't he's he? He's been restrained, yeah, <coughs> mainly because we refuse to uh, uh, read them out. Just waiting for it all to kick off. <laughs> um, but it's a pertinent question, and it comes back to what one of you guys was saying about chances. And he says, where do you see the goals coming from when Benteke isn't finding the back of the net? Which is a fair point, because he had, he had one big chance on Saturday, which lost a six out for him and he missed. If he isn't scoring goals... What do you mean when, when he isn't finding the back of the net? Because he isn't... So currently, yeah. when, so yeah. when he's not scoring goals, are, are we are we in trouble? Well, clearly, yeah, because well, yeah, yeah. we haven't got any points. Yeah. Okay, I, I so what just, do we do? I, well, I, well I mean, we're, we're, we're well, looking. Let's ask Doogie. <laughs> <laughs> we're looking. It's obvious from uh, the you know, social media and, and all sorts of outlets that we're looking for a striker. The, the lad from Barcelona is a new target. Uh, Al Mooney, hmm, I can't remember. <laughs> He's played. We seem to be linked with a lot of players who've played only three games for their clubs <laughs> last season, like the lad from Napoli as well. Yeah, Lucas Perez at Arsenal. Lucas Perez at Arsenal, which again, <coughs> that would be, I wouldn't be too upset with Lucas Perez. The trouble is, of course, when the last 10 days of the transfer window, everyone knows that you want strikers. I think I'd, I think talking to, Loft, to, to Chelsea fans, Loftus-Cheek is an option up front, mm-hmm. playing up front, and I think he's hinted that that's somewhere he'd like you to play. Do you not think you'd lose his energy from midfield though? Well, you would, but he's a Big mobile player, and I think that's it's an it's an it's certainly an option, and he's certainly you know because I do think in that system we've talked about this before that Benteke is not a natural in that in that system, I'm, and I'm sure he will end up scoring 15 goals. But we need to get goals. I mean, this has been a perennial problem. We need to yeah. get goals from all over the yeah yeah. We get set piece goals. That's fine, but the midfield doesn't score nearly enough goals. That's got to that's got to. That's got so to you had 15 from Benteke last year, six yeah. from Zaha. Couldn't tell you scored the next. Yeah, exactly. probably probably Townsend with three or something like yeah. that. Well, Luca got two penalties. Luca got two penalties. Yeah, Townsend probably with a couple, three or four. A couple of. I know we got a couple of dead ball goals early in the season, and we. Uh, but that's a good that's a good question, and it's uh, I'm sure that's what they were looking to rectify. Yeah, most well, and especially as we do only have ten days left in the transfer window, uh, and Andy Devere, hi Andy, hi Andy, has said in the papers it's saying we might be selling Kabai and Townsend. If true, wouldn't that free up wages for a defender? <laughs> the Paris said something about this in the week he that we might have to sell before we buy. <laughs> Frank Devore said the same thing. Well, not so much sell before we buy. <laughs> Pretty much what he said was, if we buy, we might need to offload. But that's. They've been saying that for the last four seasons in the Premier League, okay. that we need to f- free up the wage bill, which makes you wonder why a club that was apparently legendary frugal with the wages 
now is to free so many players up to for the wage bill. We seem to be the only club that's doing F- FFP, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> well, so why only, no well, no, only applies why, to us. Why are we bothering? <laughs> but the Townsend one just seems really yeah, strange. I can't, I, mean, see I, that. I can't see. Not going to Stoke or or Leicester that would seem strange. Leicester certainly don't need more wide men. Kabai, I would, I simply, I wouldn't be that fussed if Kabai went. To be perfectly honest, obviously he is one of the massive wage earners at the club, and he doesn't really fit the profile anyway. Although you could say the same about punching. So I don't think it's a question of we have to get rid of players before we bring new players in. I think it's a question of new players coming, and we have to look at. You know, I, I mean, Ledley, we've saved ourselves forty-five quid a week. <laughs> yeah, getting rid of Ledley, which is yeah, not yeah, bad. Most of that so. for beard oils, I think. Yeah, well, so. you'd imagine Chung Young Lee would be one of those that would be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Saka, I think his factory well. is on. Is on. Yeah. yeah. What, they, what they don't want to do is be in a situation where I mean, last year we only had twenty-four players in the squad, and then they signed yeah. Flamini, right? So, but what they don't want to do is get too many players so that you're, you're paying people who can't even play. That's what you don't want. Yeah, that's a very good, good point. point. Yeah. So and that's the challenge, really, is getting 25 players that you do. the manager will want to select yeah. and none sitting on the side. Well, you'd, you'd guess as well that one of the reasons when De Boer came in that three or four of those 25 are going to be academy youngsters mm. who presumably are on minimal wages mm. compared to the players. Um, I've had a question here. We've got quite a few questions about transfers. Uh, Andy Tipper. Hi, Andy. Andy. says, if you had a choice, would you buy a forward or a defender? Forward. 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 Yeah, well, we just, yeah. I don't feel like defence was, was an issue, wasn't it? It was a priority for a bit. <laughs> but we need to score goals, don't we? We've signed two defenders, though. We yeah. haven't signed anything I think beyond Mensa, midfield. I think between them, Reinevald, Fossi Mensa, Dan, uh, Tompkins, Tompkins are, Kelly. Are, I think we've got, in, we got four centre-backs here. Mm. I, I know you need three, but yeah, I, we, need a stri- we do need a striker. Okay, speaking yeah. of well, strikers or forwards... Who said this one? The, them K Jackster. Hi, Them K. I said, with Dougie coming in as sporting director, yeah. does this give us any hope of signing Oliver Burke? Or, or AJ. You might get AJ back. Well, no, that Oliver Burke thing, of, I did read about that, that he, when Burke was at Forest, I think, yeah. Uh, yeah. Dougie Freeman was his mentor. Yeah. And uh, he called him his father figure. And he called him his father figure. Oh, that's figure. interesting. So maybe... But, but maybe, that made us hard. Jealous? <laughs> Must have been a big turkey on Christmas Day. Of, of course, it gives us well a chance if you got if you got a player. Who, yes, of course, you got more chance of getting Oliver Burke. I wouldn't be surprised if it's again. I don't see De Boer as knowing who Oliver Burke was until he was told about a week ago. It's the Doogie is intrinsic. Doogie's involvement's intrinsic, surely, in anything to do with Burke. Would you guys well, be happy I would, with that? I would actually. I would take. I would disagree with you slightly there, that because I, I'm from what I know about Frank De Boer, I think you probably would know who's in every first team in most European. T- I would say. I would get. I would guess, given his knowledge of. Football. He certainly knew all about Lukilo when he came in, just through you know, Belgian, Dutch football, whatever. So I think he'd be aware of that <coughs> because he was a big move for Leipzig at the time. Um, but my argument would be that surely Frank de Boer is a big enough lure to get somebody. If Oliver Burke's going well, I don't. Who's Frank? De what? What? <laughs> Who? Yeah. But if you've got Doogie there, because if, if the only reason Doogie's going is to get Oliver Burke from Leipzig, then that is a really but I'd, uh, when Oliver Burke went to, to Leipzig, that was a big... I mean, everyone was saying that's it's the best Scottish prospect for a generation, best striker that, that Scotland's produced for a generation. What a great move. How brilliant it is that a British player's John got the sense and the bravery to go abroad and learn to be a better player. You, you worry or you wonder slightly about what Leipzig say when they say he has, he's got no tactical awareness 
at yeah, all. It seems fair, but it, mm. it it would be an interesting move. But as, as Jesse talked about looking <coughs> looking backwards, I mean that's that's the sort of business we do as a championship club. Surely, somebody who's not fulfilled his potential abroad, you bring him in and you go, yeah, he's great. He's, he'd score you twenty goals in the championship, but. I wouldn't be upset by it, but it depends how much they paid him and how much how much wages he's expected. You can't. You imagine well, he can't. Well, fifteen million was the the price quoted, and you imagine wages won't be that much. But we have said on the pod in the past that that Palace have a history of, and we like the idea of getting players that do have a point to prove. Yeah. That yeah. maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. do you know need yeah. to kind yeah. of kick on a that's, bit. That's where Ledley and Martin Kelly came from. Just players that weren't yeah. really in the limelight or not getting games times at their club. Um, I mean, it was always felt strange to me when we signed Townsend. You're thinking, right, we've got Townsend, Balassi, and Zaha. That's great competition for places. Yeah, that's going to keep them on their toes. Then Balassi went. Yeah, we never really had that kind of player to push those two for starting positions. So then Lakilo's emergence. You're thinking maybe he's the guy. Yeah. and Burke can't hurt either. You just wouldn't want Burke's coming. Then Townsend leave. Yeah, exactly. yeah, so, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. yeah, well, that's exactly it. We should be. It's this whole thing about competition for places. It's not. You need it. It's not one in, one out. And you end up in that situation where we've got a half decent twelve again, but we haven't got a decent twenty-five. Mm-hmm. We should be bringing players in like Burke and keeping Townsend and keeping the others. Yeah. So you go, yeah, he's improving what we've got. It's yeah. like, you know, fair enough. Chung Young Lee, it's not working. All right, bring Burke in. You go, okay, it's an interesting replacement. That's fine. Mm-hmm. And then it does feel a bit like it's not like Burke is a, is a winger, isn't he? Forward. It's, it's not really. Sort of. He's kind of. He is a. He's not an out and out winger. He's a. He's a kind of a number ten across the back. Across. He'll move across the front three or whatever it is you're playing. So could he? Could he play right wing back? No, he's a striker. He's yeah, a, okay. he's I'm a, just saying. Hennessy could play right wing back if he wanted him to. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be perfectly happy. Um, speaking of right wing back, actually, were you surprised on Saturday that it wasn't? Yes. I think we all agreed it was going to be Fossey Mensah. I was again, Ed and I. I'll take you back to the Ed and I in the Pleasant's courtyard, looking at the team sheet, going, <laughs> "What? How many people have we got injured? Wards back in? Because he yeah, was the yeah. one." Even I'm, and they tore him apart as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I was quite distressed at having to criticise Joe Ward last week because he's a decent human being and he's been a great servant to the club. But that, that I was amazed that he was picked, mm. absolutely amazed. But well, especially after last week. Uh, no, well, because of last week. Yeah. I mean, I was amazed he was picked last week, let alone picked this week. It just seemed a even really on better. the short highlights on Match of the Day when we were the last game on there. They picked up on the point that Liverpool were just attacking down the left. The yeah. Yeah. And but they I, played, I, played the rookie Robertson for his debut. Like, yeah. This is your perfect game to bludge you. against Wolves. And yeah. yes, and they were saying he had such a great game. I was like, yeah, but you were against, you know. Yeah, they looked at I, that. I, I, yeah. I, I just wondered whether it was the, the ride of old growing pains thing was a, a surprise and yeah, that he was, due, yeah. he was due to start on Fossey Mintz. He was due to play yeah. right wing back. But, I think and that. And then that, and that's, yeah. he had to adjust the plans accordingly. But he. I'd be fascinated to see if he starts. He can't if he starts on Saturday. Then clearly, Frank De Boer is operating on levels above well, like also, dog does, whistles. We, we we can't even begin to hear it. He's working on that sort of level. But does it also beg the question that when we're talking about sort of transfer priorities, that actually someone who can play right wing back is now a priority? Because if we have injuries in the back and Fossey Mensah can't play there, then we are left with Joel Ward, and and maybe he's not good enough. It, well, he's not good enough. Simple as that. There's no maybe about it. But it, I mean, that could be one of those situations where De Boer is saying to Paris, look. I'll, I've got no other options here. I can't do anything else other than play him right wing back because, yeah. you know, Townsend maybe, but it's it's it is 
it is strange. So, but and I, you feel for him because he, like you say, he was clearly exposed, and he must have been shell shocked after the Huddersfield game because he was. I think everyone was, wasn't well, they? a little bit, but him in, <laughs> but yeah, he, he in particular because he was playing in this in a position where you'd think. I mean, he's never had the pace to play right wing back. We know that, but he's more or less in the same. You know, he's, he's operating in the area of the pitch that he's used to operating in. Yeah, but it's a different. Well, he's been okay, asked to do a different it's, thing, and, totally and like you say, it's not his fault. No. Similarly, he's been unchallenged at right back for several years. We've yeah. had Mariapa. We've had yeah. who else did we have? Someone else. Um, I can't remember now. It escapes me. But he has been sort of shooing every right. Yeah, to the point where he even became left back. Yeah, um, yeah. just because he knew he was a solid. Fullback. Yeah, well, Kelly was probably the only other yeah. option at right back, the only other yeah. competition. But yeah, that's a good. And Hunt, Jack Hunt, that was the one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jack Hunt. Oh, yeah. Broke his leg, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. And then went. See, the irony is that Zeki Fry is a really good left wing back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, poor Zeki. Um, the next question is from I hope this finds you well. Hi, hi. Hi, hi. I hope you find this well. Hi, hi. They say. Not bad, I was until the. Till the yeah. Yeah. Quite, yeah, I think fine, until the Doogie News was all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they say. When do we start panicking? We don't. We well, don't. We, we, we still <laughs> 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 I'd, it, it's far too early to start panicking. Far too early. It's been two games, man. It's yeah, been, you know, it's been like three hours of football. It's been two games. If if the Liverpool game had been the first game of the season, we'd all be going. That's not a bad start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, the Huddersfield game is a one-off. It's not. It's not like it's not happened to Palace. It's Before. ten games. Ten games in. Ten. Yeah, I mean that's where you fairly judge it. Also, I do think at. I do think we have a manager who's aware of how to change. You know, it's, he definitely so, showed on Saturday that yeah. he's got the wherewithal to do that. Yeah, I agree. Um, which is all we kind of asked for, really, yeah. after yeah. that Huddersfield game. Um, Chris K. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. Says, how relieved was Kevin that we avoided getting the two <laughs> goals to go along with the thirty percent possession at Anfield? Well, I would quite like to have got the two goals. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> I wouldn't have minded. I'd have eaten as much humble pie as you want. I make about humble pies. How humble. you properly pronounce it? Really? What? Yeah, because humbles were the entrails of deer, so the poor people got to eat the the humbles. Mm, that's become humble pie, yeah, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, but I would have happily eaten as much humble pie as you wanted. Um, but that was a bit of a shock actually when I saw those percentage figures. So like, did well, you say this last week then? I said we I said when we were talking about the panic that you know there'll be some Palace fans will only be happy if we go up there we have 29% possession and we sneak a 2-1 two, uh, two, victory I'd have been highly delighted to sneak a 2-1 victory <laughs> I would have it would have been, been one of those rare occasions where I would have said to people they were right <laughs> yeah, yeah well, I am about right but yeah um, I almost don't want to ask it because I know what Kevin's going to say but we do get these questions each week and it is 10 days ago before the transfer window so James Fenwick 08 hi James hi James says why is Sacco too expensive if Walker and Stones are both going for fifty million, well, I think Keane, Walker and Stones have uh, warped the transfer market to a degree. I mean, Keane's not worth that money. Is the uh, the answer is it, because we're paying that much for not brilliant centre backs, then we should pay that much for not brilliant centre backs. Is not a legitimate argument as far as I'm concerned. You can't suddenly say, well, he must be worth thirty million if they're paying that much for. For Keen, and it's not that I don't want him at the club. It's just he doesn't seem to fit in with De Boer's. He doesn't seem to fit De Boer's template. It's simple as that. I and think it's, if it's, he was fitting into De Boer's template, we, it, we, it would be here now. Yeah, and I think if Allardyce, if Allardyce was a manager, he'd be here now. But or do you I think just, Palace are trying to push Liverpool to the right to the because Liverpool don't want him? Do you think Palace are trying to push him right to the end and I say, well, no, we'll, we'll, we'll think, wait till deadline day and try and get a cheaper deal? I generally don't think that's happening. 
I think if if he was suddenly magically available for ten million quid, the boy might go all right then. Yeah. But I don't. From what I can understand, there's no Doogie's certainly not been brought in to get that deal over the line. There's no there's no desperate negotiations going on, despite what Liverpool and Palace would have you believe. It's the both clubs. It's perfect for both clubs. You'd imagine Seco doesn't want to play yeah. for Liverpool. It's quite clearly said West Brom were in for him. He said I don't want to go to West Brom if I'm going anywhere. I'll go to Palace, which is a step down from his. I'm only going to play Champions League football. He played. He, it's, he, he played eight games with us. And he's got a really bad injury, so the thirty million quid just isn't feasible. Also if he got, was to come in, I'd be highly delighted. But I just simply don't think De Boer wants him. He doesn't fit his style of football, and it's that injury was a bad, bad injury as well. I don't think know. any any Liverpool fan would miss him either. No, of course they wouldn't. And it doesn't absolutely, not, I think not that's, that's the reason yeah. not to buy. No, no, but I think that's a really it's not fair a reason point. not it's, to buy. Him, but I mean, you, know, you were talking earlier on, Kev, weren't you? Um, before we start the pod that you were with some Liverpool fans today and they were like well yes yeah, so what if it's you said, we'd, we'd be perfectly happy we wouldn't we're lose any happy. sleep same way we didn't lose any sleep when Benteke went but I mean the, the problem for the Sacco deal is that you know Klopp really really gave Sacco negative press around Europe mm. when he was late for training yeah. and all that stuff and De Boer is operating at Jurgen Klopp level yeah. so De Boer is one of those people that will have heard <coughs> in great detail the, the difficulties with Sacco De Boer will also have heard that he came in and Played eight games and we stayed up, but not. We, we didn't stay up because of Sacco. He, he was. It was a factor, but it was. It was a factor, but, was, was, yeah, factor, but, factor. but, but yeah, and we, but it's still. He was a spoke in the wheel. Yeah, absolutely. But it's. I yeah, and I I I hope I am wrong to a degree, as I wouldn't mind him coming to Palace. But I, if he does, I don't think he'd be first choice. I and I, I think, think he knows that we'd spend so much money on him. So well, well don't spend so much money on him, and so it's like it's the ball. I just simply don't get the impression that that's a deal that Palace has struggling to make and also thirty million pounds we spend on him is a big chunk is a big chunk of money that we should be spending on strikers because yeah, Par- Parrish has made it quite clear that a lot of money went last January and we're not going to spend that sort of money and if Sacco was the only one who came in and we didn't get any strikers the same fans are going why haven't we got Sacco yeah. would be going well no. we sp- where's a striker yeah also there's another side to that question the point is because if if so, the question is why is he thirty expensive at thirty when Walker's forty five? Well, because Man City are paying forty five yeah. million. It's it's yeah. about it's about the buyer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah. And Absolutely. we aren't in that league again. Yeah. If we've got thirty million spent, it's on a striker yeah. who's who's going to give you fifteen goals. Yeah, which is what we got for Benteke is what you expect. Yeah. Is it weird though that you get a new manager in the summer and you don't really back him in the transfer window? And we we gave Sam. Fifty million pounds in January, but we're now not giving De Boer that sort of money in the summer. With the whole summer, it's a completely whole different s- situation, isn't it? isn't it? I mean, we were in the middle of the season. Yeah, I mean, and we're we desperate needed, for players. We, would, we needed to stay up, otherwise, but would you well, not be exactly backing a new manager? That's. I mean, this would have been. We talked about the four or five week process it took to get De Boer in. De Boer's talent is spotting young talent. It's the reason why we've got Loftus Cheek and Fossil Mensah on loan rather than. Buying them, it's because we spent a lot of money to stay. I mean, don't forget, we still we got Van Arnholt, yeah. Schlup, and Milivojevic, yeah. who are still three players better than we had beforehand, mm-hmm. yeah. and two of whom are in the starting in the team. So two of them are clearly good enough. Yeah. And we've bought two players in on loan, and we bought Ryder Wild, who's a very good player despite the growing pain. So that's five players. <laughs> and Loftus Sheet, it should be said, is a very very good player. Yeah, so is Fossi Mensa. So these are five players since January that that is a, the core of a team. Yeah. And I agree. But you know, De Boer's not a manager that's ever been handed a big war chest anyway. Amst- Ajax 
it sounds counterintuitive, but Ajax always worked within a tight budget. So, yeah. And at Milan, he didn't have time to spend money. So he's not a manager who's used to going out and spending large amounts of money. He's, used, he's a manager who's used to spotting young players either in his own team or other teams and bringing them in. And that's, that's the that model. that might work in Holland. Uh, this, is, this is different. Well, it, it, what you're saying is we should panic buy. What no, we should buy? You're saying we should pay 30 million quid for Sacco for what reason? And it's and the fact is, if De Boer wanted him, he'd be here now. He as be. I keep saying, if Allardyce was manager, Sacco would have joined us in June. It's simple as that. It's quite clear that De Boer doesn't rate him, and he's got every right. That's the more important thing. Is as a, a Sun journalist said to me that other other under other managers, Parish has been the one that's pushed transfers through when they've not been that fussed hmm. because he wanted marquee names. He wanted players that he thought the fans would like. But he can't say to De Boer, I don't care what you, what you want, I'm bringing Sacco in because he would say, well, I'm not playing then. Bring him in, fine. Spend 30 million quid we haven't particularly got. And it's, hmm. uh, it's, we are, uh, uh, as Jesse says, we're not a bottomless pit. We're not like Man City. We're not like PSG. We spent so much money in January hmm. that 30 million quid is a massive, still a massive investment for a club like Palace. Despite the American money, despite, everyone seems to think that we we can just spend a hundred million quid, but we can't. We're no, not, we're I not, know. Yeah, West Ham aren't spending that sort of money. Stoke aren't spending that sort of money. We have to, have to uh, and you also have to look at sell-on value and stuff like that. Again, Steve Parrish talks about the, the wages. Sacco is asking are just through the roof by all accounts. Yeah. So that's another issue. Yeah. I just worry. I just worry a little bit that Frank de Boer comes in with the the youth notion system and they're not spending so much and. That that works bought, for one league, and this we know the Premier League is really three, harsh. But you just said yourself, Loftus Cheek is a really good player. Foster yeah, Benson is, is a really definitely. good player. So that's two players he's brought in already, and he's working within our economic template or whatever mm. like. So that's two really good yeah. Premier League players with Premier League experience. Yeah, and hopefully Dryer right. will turn out to be a bargain at, at eight million quid, and yeah. hopefully we'll get a couple of players in this week. But I don't think it makes sense to go. Oh well, we should. Oh, it's a shame he hasn't got a hundred million quid to spend. It is a shame he hasn't got a hundred million quid to spend. But it doesn't work. You don't go to say, right, I'll have one fifty player and I'll have two twenty fives <laughs> and then just bring him in. So what's like countdown? Got, well it is a little bit, yeah, but they've got to fit into the style of football that he yeah, wants, I get that. That he I wants get to that. play. I panic we get might get left behind maybe, but Well we've done the same thing as last year and previous years where we've sacrificed the first three games of the season in order to kind of get better deals. And that's yeah. why Benteki signed so late. Yeah. Right. We would have signed him yeah. and paid two million more to get him a month earlier. Yeah. There or thereabouts. But what we did, say we lost Jedi and we lost that screen in front of the defence. That happened in August and we were, we sorted out in January. Yeah. Got, got Milivojevic. Same thing's going to happen again this year. If Benteke gets injured, we've got no goal threat yeah. and they're going to have to spend big again in January. And then yeah. that might cause another summer like this. Yeah. So it's they've got to start learning these lessons. Stop starting the season in September. Why aren't they learning these lessons? No, I do Why? think. I know. I think they will. Though. I do think I, I, we will bring in a striker without a doubt. There's no we doubt. Have, we have to. You have well, no, to. There's no. There's no two ways about it. We will bring in a striker. Yeah. But that, and that's exactly what we need to do. Possibly two strikers and an attacking midfield player, and that's where we need to strengthen. But I just don't see the logic of going. Okay, yeah, play thirty million quid for Sacco, and that removes thirty million quid that we could pay. Well, I still, I still think know. we might. I still, if they want him, that they. They can push Liverpool to the end of the window and maybe get him similar to the Benteke. Yeah, they can not fuss whether they have him or not. It's the, it's if if no if he doesn't go anywhere, they'll just let him sit his contract out till January. Yeah. Where, well, where do Liverpool sit financially? Because they spent what thirty on Salah, yeah, and they want to get Van Dijk for a new, you know, fifty or sixty. Do they need to sell Saka to finance that? Well, not really. They'll sell Coutinho, won't they? Yeah, I think they will. Uh, yeah, I Liverpool think they will. And it's funny how Liverpool moan. Yeah. It's funny how they sound. They feel like Liverpool are going to be busy. It's, it's strange how Liverpool moan about uh, Barcelona disrespecting them when they're doing the same thing to Southampton with yeah. Van Dijk mm. and that kind of circle of life feeding chain type thing. Yeah, 
Yeah, but Van Dijk coming in is not contingent on Sacco going. Liverpool are perfectly rich enough to be able to pay Sacco's wages. Yeah, and and yeah, they 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 want what they paid for him. I mean, it's not just it's even Spurs at the other end of the table. They haven't replaced Walker, no. and they've had to play. Alexander Arnold is it? Yeah, and then they've put Trippier in for his first game. Not no, Alexander Arnold's really. no, Liverpool. It's, yeah, um, it was um, it's, it's Walker, Walker Peters. Walker Sorry, Peters. Yeah. Carl, Alexander Carl Carl Walker Peters. Peters. Yeah. He's yeah. a Liverpool guy, Alexander Arnold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even Spurs at the other end of the table haven't addressed their yeah. transfer. They're doing it late as well, and they're yeah. paying for it. Well, I don't think they're bringing anyone. And Spurs fans, I mean, it's all the Danny Rose thing. Spurs fans are much more angry about them not bringing yeah, yeah. anyone in than Palace fans are. But yeah. I, th- I kind of like Pochettino's balls. Really, he's going. Look, I've got until I can find better players than I've got. Yeah. I'm not going to buy him. I'm not going to bring him in just to keep you happy. Isn't a Spurs yeah. podcast, but he's signed a centre back for 45 million pounds, and they've got two of the best centre backs in the league. Yeah. I find that really weird. It's yeah. a lot of money for a backup. But yeah. anyway, um, a couple more questions. Then this one's from Russell Levy. Hi, Hi Russell. Russell. He says, uh, "I think there's a real danger that by the time Frank Burr's team team's transformation is yielding results, we may be cut adrift near the foot of the table." Would the Potters agree that this is likely to be the reason when we get relegated? I'll change that to if. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, it's, it's a fair. I know a lot of Palace fans are thinking that way. Does that sound natural state of affairs? But I just, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't, I, I don't think so. I think, I think, I think the players are too good. Too we're in the same good. situation as we were. We've got far too much experience. I think we've got time, far too much Premier League experience as not, not just a team, but as a club. I really do. I, I, I can't see us going adrift. We're in exactly the same situation as we I mean, were. We may be down the bottom, yeah, the bottom but quarter, but we ain't going to be adrift. adrift. No, we're, we're in the same situation as we were this time last season. And then, we, yeah. and then we got no, no and then we got a point against Bournemouth and we went up to about yeah. to about yeah. 18th exactly right. right at the yeah. bottom so it's yeah. you know let's that ask that question in six games well time, on this on a similar in a similar vein Matt Tassel hi Max hi Matt says are all the people giving up on Frank after two games the same people that gave up on Breaking Bad after two episodes <laughs> <laughs> good point that's a fair point well I just I remember this time I remember at half time at the Bournemouth game the, the, the bar and the half away everyone, well everyone goes mad anyway because it takes too long to get served but the, the half time of Bournemouth game everyone was it was just lunar, everyone was going potty everyone's going yeah, we've got to sort this out Pardew get rid of Pardew just loot, it's, you know, and then we equalised which Scott Dan last set of the game everyone's going oh Pardew what a manager he's the best manager ever read <laughs> yeah. didn't we play well second half so it's like, yeah. fans are fickle aren't yeah, yeah all it takes yeah. is Weird. one decent, all it takes is a performance against one zero a couple of games after that when they go oh yes it's starting yeah. to work it's, yeah. way, it's way too early to be talking about being cut adrift and as we said we have seen with that Liverpool game certainly it's heading in the right the, direction it's Frank yeah. the fucking board I don't know how many times I have to say this it's like holy mother of God okay <laughs> really I just I it does. they do your head in some place oh Little shout to Matt Tassel. I know, I know Matt, and we have a mutual uh, Brighton fan friend. And I liked his comment when he was moaning about Premier League shirts, Premier League prices, and Matt commenting, "Don't worry, it'll be back to normal next year." <laughs> <laughs> and, and speaking of that, the final question then this week goes to Mark Skeens. Hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. Who's just put, "Cheer up, everyone! We moved above Brighton in the table." Yeah. Did we? I think by goal mm, difference, possibly. No, I think they're above us on uh, alphabetical order. order. They're oh, really? They're above yeah. alphabetical order. Yeah, we're both minus yeah. four, aren't we? We are. Oh, no points minus four. You think I would have researched that yes. before uh, I read no, that? No, out. no, no. I think most Mark regular should, listeners yeah. to the pod will know you will not have researched that. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. Shady. You're right. They are above us on alphabetical order. <laughs> well, to, to be fair to Mark, not in my league table, they're not. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, okay, right. Thank you very much for your questions. Um, after the break, we're going to preview, well, two games. I mean, we'll briefly do the Ipswich game, but then we've got a big game at home to Swansea at the weekend. 
So join us in a bit. Uh, welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey! Pod 221, sponsored by Vector Printing for your printing embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk and there's Vector with a K. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Oh, that was nice. Yeah. That was quite natural. See, first one you do properly, it's the best one. Yeah. <laughs> Goofing around with like, it. I felt like you really meant it that yeah. time. Yeah. I did. No, I really did mean, mean that it. John, John puts so much money into our pod as well, and you just goof around with exactly. the eye wheels. Yeah. 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 Um, right, Palace got two games this week. Ipswich at home in the... Caribou. <laughs> Is that actually how you say it? Yeah. Well, it's Carabu, but there's a kind of Korean inflection at the end, but it's Caribou. It's South Korea's second what most popular... So, as people have been taking the mickey out of this, for me, it's South Korea. I know this through talk sport because they don't like you not they're not, not pronouncing things properly and saying what the f- is that live on air. But uh, it's South Korea's second most popular energy drink, oh, and yeah. I've so people are mocking that, but I think it's worked because no, I didn't know South Korea's second most popular no, energy I drink do. was Caribou. Did you need to know that? No, but that's not the way knowledge works. If, I, if, no. you only, if you've only got things, <laughs> if you've only got things in your head you need to know, then there's no point having no, history, is it? That's there? fine. No, but what are you going to do with that knowledge now of South Korea's second most popular drink? When I go to South Korea, then it will come in really handy. When I go, <laughs> I don't want number one. <laughs> Whatever well, that is, carib- I don't. I don't want no. the moose. I want the caribou. No, that's how. <laughs> But that's how effective their campaign's been. I don't know what South Korea's number one leading party is. I didn't know until you just told me. It might be Red Bull, actually. That'd be embarrassing, (laughs) wouldn't it? It's the League Cup, as far as I'm concerned. It's the League, the Milk Cup. Other other energy drinks are. When's Disney going to step up and finally call it the Mickey Mouse Cup? That'd be great. (laughs) great. Quarter past four in the morning, isn't it? (laughs) Who are they? The next next round. But the next round, the draw for the next round is going to be quarter past four on Thursday morning. Yeah, for the Korean audience. Yeah. Kidding. No, yeah. no, no, it's bad. Who is it? Is it Disney that's just Don't get Salarco to do it. It's <laughs> <laughs> couldn't do it in normal hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's Portsmouth, isn't it? The ex Disney guys just invested Yeah, Mike, Michael Eisen, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. The Mickey, actually calling it the Mickey that, Mouse that Cup. That's yeah, a great, great idea. I'd, do, I'd start going. Again. I would go to every game. I just <laughs> don't want to win that. Mickey Mouse just Cup. to have the ticket. But that okay. draw thing, that's just a shocking indictment of how football's going. I mean, it's just well, really. But, you know, it's hardly surprising. And Ipswich have already said they're playing their youth team. Well, so, have they? Yeah. Okay, well, that's interesting because yeah. Gareth Wynn Davis. Hi, Gareth. Hi, Gareth Wynn Davis. Oh, they can't use Palace, does it? I don't think so. Gareth Davis. You'll think of Steve Kemp. That was a little while ago. Um, says, shall we play the first team against Ipswich? Personally, I think we should. Every opportunity to bed the new system down needs to be taken. Agreed. There's a lot of truth in that. Do you know what, actually? I I'd, I'd, I'd thought, I'd, I assumed that's a really good I think, I think we should. Really normally we don't. Normally it's the kids, isn't it? I think that's a really it's good a, point. It's about confidence as well. Yeah. We yeah. need to win a game. Yeah, and I mean, that'll make yeah but imagine if we don't. Yeah, but... <laughs> Sorry. That's well, a, then, actually then, got to take that Then risk. what's the point in playing football? <laughs> yeah. 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 No, no, Gareth, totally. that's a, that is a really good point. It's a really actually, good point, Gareth. I, 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 assumed, I assumed it was going to be the youngest ever player. Yes, I think Debert should play the first team. Because what Ipswich have said, McCarthy said he's going to play a lot of youngsters. It's also probably our best to route into Europe as well. Yeah. Very Unless we go and visit Frank's family. Yeah. Could do that. <laughs> that's a good point, Gaffy. I hadn't thought that. So you'd, really you'd, really play the sa- you'd play yeah. basically the first... Okay, so what would your yeah. lineup be then for Ipswich? Oh, the first team, but without Ward. <laughs> <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, we want to keep this bit quick, remember? Okay, okay. Well, in that case, I've only a couple of 
So are you saying basically we'll play the same team against Ipswich that you would I on that you would no that you would on Saturday against Swansea? Yeah, yes, I, I would do. Yeah, yeah. Look, yeah. it's a, it'll be the third game of the season. Yeah, yeah. Are you tell you the players shouldn't be getting tired at this point. Yeah, they yeah. should two, be getting their fitness back. Two wins and on this, the bounce would really help going into his last few days in the transfer window. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, we're not rooted to the bottom. They've scored you know five or six goals in their last two games. Yeah, it's better to go into those last few windows out of being goalless for example yeah like, yeah I get that I definitely agree um, yeah. so then would you play Loftus-Cheek up front as he kind of was on at the weekend and would you bring back say goodbye who potentially is fit I don't and I, I guess sorry and I guess you would play uh, Fossey-Mensah at right back. yeah yeah I, it, again it depends whether anybody else can step up and play. I mean you'd think the logical idea would be for Townsend to play Right wing back, and then bring Lakilo in somewhere. But yeah. I think I, or he might think that playing Joel Ward against Ipswich youngsters is a good way of restoring his confidence. I don't know, but I think I th- I'd, I'd I'd be <coughs> be amazed if the same team that started at Liverpool. I mean, I think there will be one or two differences. Change. I think changes, we'll see goodbye. I think it's a perfect game to bring someone like Kabai back in. I don't think we will see the first team. You know, I'd yeah. like it, but I think we'll. I'd like to think that we'll play a majority of. I'd like to think we'll play a majority of the team that we'll play on Saturday. Who's Swansea playing? We should keep an eye on what they're doing. That's a good point, yeah. Don't know. <laughs> I mean, Kabaya must have the technical level of ability that Frank De Boer would be looking for. Yeah. You know, that's a great good question there, Gary. Really good question. Didn't seem that promising at first, but it turned into a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> it's a metaphor for life. I'm just looking at uh, Swansea's fixtures. They're playing MK Dons away. Okay. Keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on that. Keep, I'll keep an eye on that. I will. Sort of Lorenti makes the comeback. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Um, okay. Well, that, that kind of wraps up that part, really, because we were looking at two games. Yeah. We think we should play the same team in. No, let's, let's be honest. How many times we've said it on this pod over the years? It's all football's all about confidence. Yeah. That's what it's about. It's about. And one thing that we got on Saturday, we got we mentioned already that the team start seem to start playing as a team. They pull together. Get them out on Tuesday against a bunch of kids from Ipswich. Then come on, yeah. Let's let, let, let's let's get a few goals. Let's get some confidence. Then you go into the Swansea game buzzing. I've, it doesn't matter. It's all it's about yeah. confidence. It's all about that. I, I thought that, I thought the other thing as well, which is interesting, which I meant to say earlier, is that the players spoke a lot easier after the game this week. So like after the Huddersfield game, they clearly didn't want to face mm. the press, but they're all really positive yeah. this time about the performance, about how they enjoyed it, about how they were how they were getting it, which yeah. is again another positive sign. But you. you James has always talked about that confidence aspect of it, and it is especially the home form too. The home form hoodoo. Yeah. We've yeah. got to sort that yeah. out. Absolutely, the bird is going to be labelled with you know yeah. carrying that over from Pardew. Yeah. So, better way to just start the first team tomorrow. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Cool. All right. Fine. Well, uh, thanks. Sorry. Who, who was that for? I don't know him. <laughs> well, he well, always applauds himself. That's a jazz thing. He always does that. It's jazz. It's a jazz, jazz thing. <laughs> So Jaj, Jaj, Jaj. Well, it is your first game back, so you know. It's my first game back. Yeah. back first game it, of the so. season. But you know what? I'm full of confidence now. I thought you got to the pace of the ball early on. It's really good. I thought you were a couple of the good. eye wheels were a bit shaky, but you know, apart yeah, from that, it's almost like never been away. Really, yeah, the first one. Yeah. Uh, Kevin. Well, when Travis is here, it's like he's never been away anyway. Oh, so, yeah. Little urchin. <laughs> uh, Jesse, thanks for coming on. No worries. Yeah, anytime. Yeah, thank you for having back on. You actually, you had to. Yeah, you're quite clever. Big, that's he never says that to that's big praise. That's big praise Seriously. from the big man. That's big praise from the big man. Podcast. Yeah, do you know why that is? Yeah. I don't. I don't want to go there. Um, thanks for listening. Thank you for your questions. Uh, we'll be back with you after the Swansea game. Uh, so see you then. Bye.
time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Sports Social Podcast Network.